opinion show so I can say my opinion is this guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, is innocent. He's innocent. This was clearly self-defense. Look, I haven't been watching gavel to gavel. Very few people uh, have that kind of time. But uh, so far, I think he's going to walk, and he should. It wasn't as dramatic as yesterday. Uh, he was very cool and confident. And, uh, well, here are some highlights. Did you feel as though you were safe to stay where you were at? I thought the safest option would, would be to go north down Sheridan to turn myself into the law enforcement down there. And I remember telling him that I just shot somebody and I need help to get to the police because the crowd, there was a, not a crowd, a mob was chasing me. And did Mr. Lakowski offer you any help? I, I don't remember. Okay, what do you do then? I, I continue to run after hearing people say, People were saying, cranium him, get him, kill him. People were screaming, and I just was trying to get to the police running down Sheridan Road. And you say, I'm trying to get to the police. Why were you trying to get to the police? Because I didn't do anything wrong. I defended myself. You intended to kill, correct? I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to, I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. You intended to kill him. Correct. I didn't intend to kill him. I intended to stop the person who was attacking me and trying to steal my gun. All right. On August 25th, he killed two people, injured, I believe, at least one. It looks, again, to me like self-defense. And it's interesting. Media coverage has basically been, uh, at first, avoiding this case. And now they're all out to get this guy. They're saying he's totally guilty. I don't see it this way. But it's amazing to me that one of the guys who died... I just found this out about him yesterday. Uh, Joseph Rosenbaum was a convicted sex offender. Uh, multiple uh, encounters, uh, sexual encounters with a child ages 9 to 11, several times. Now, um, you could say that's irrelevant, and legally it probably is. But at least from a, a news media perspective, that is something that I'm surprised has received so little attention. I wonder why. I wonder why. Meanwhile, um, George Floyd, uh, that case, we all remember. Well, George Floyd's family, of course, is rich now, and his nephew is named Cortez Wright. He's become something of a social media justice warrior, and he's out there saying some pretty risky things online about the jurors in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Take a look. I ain't even gonna name the people that I know that's up in the, in the Kenosha, I mean, in the Kenosha trial, but there's cameras in there. It's definitely cameras up in there and there's definitely people taking pictures of the juries and everything like that. We know what's going on. So we need the same results, man. We need the same results. Justice for Dante Wright, justice for all stolen lives. Uh, why, are they, why is he concerned with pictures of the jurors? Uh, you know, if he was talking about any other situation, he'd be in a lot of trouble probably online. But his name is Cortez Wright. He is the nephew of George Floyd. And I guess he's allowed to stalk judges. Now, the judge in the Dante Wright case, another racially charged case, uh, Cortez was hanging outside his apartment with a camera telling everybody, again, some pretty weird stuff. We got confirmation that this is her house right here. waiting for the gang to get up here. Predominantly white neighborhood. Look at this. 
<clears throat> Peace and love, all power to the people. Uh, power to the people complaining about the all-white neighborhood uh, hanging around a judge's house, apartment. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And I would imagine that big tech might want to talk to Cortez Wright. Let's hope they did. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. Hey, it's Veterans Day, and uh, I'd like to say something to uh, <laughs> my favorite veteran. There's my dad on my left back when he was serving in Vietnam. And there I am on the right uh, about 30 years later, just before taking off from Kuwait uh, for a mission in a Harrier. So uh, something I've seen from the fake news. On Veterans Day, all they do, they profile uh, Medal of Honor recipients or homeless veteran drug addicts. Uh, there's like no in-between with them. Although this year, I've noticed that they're focusing on uh, racial inequality in the ranks. Now, you're about to see one of the most Super, I shouldn't say one of the most. So much of television news is like this. Very, very superficial uh, and also very liberal, very left-leaning. Take a look. Ricardo Aponte remembers the highs of being an airman, but can't forget the lows, setbacks that grounded his career. It's a dream of a lifetime. I fell in love with flying uh, back when I was seven years old. But after serving the country for 15 years, that dream came to a screeching halt. I saw no more future in the active duty for me. He was no longer rising in the ranks. He says he wasn't sure why until he looked in the mirror. Do you think the opportunities to hit the right stepping stones in the military didn't come to you because you were Hispanic? Yes. The short answer is yes. Why did you think it had to do with your ethnicity? I have no other reason to think uh, it it had to do with anything else. Okay. No other reason to think it had anything to do with anything else. 15 years, you can get, you can not be promoted for a million different reasons. Have you ever seen how many rules you have to follow when you're in the military? There are a million different ways to screw up and uh, it happens. It happens. I'm going to get back to this man's career in a second. But again, the fake news, so focused Veterans Day, the new line of attack uh, the military must be biased. One of the newest undersecretaries at the DOD is Gilbert Cisneros. He revealed to us he experienced firsthand the dead end many Hispanics face in the military during his time in the Navy. I can even look at my own self, right? I was passed up for at the 03 level to, for promotion. So you experienced this? I, I have. And so, but, you know, here, and this was one of the reasons that what I did wanted you, What did you job. blame it on? Uh, you know... Hmm. You know, uh, going back and reflecting on why I was passed over, you can kind of think like, okay, well, was there bias or was there racism towards that? I can kind of assume that might have been part of it. He can kind of assume that might have been part of it. And then he said, hmm, look, I was an 03. 03s do all kinds of things. I think there might have been something to do with his not getting promoted that had nothing to do with race, okay? Just a hunch. Uh, but no, it must be a biased military, right? What is the Biden administration doing to fix this problem? There's a lot of things that we're gonna do. Mentorship is one of the things, but it's a number of things coming down from recruiting talent to retaining talent in order to grow those individuals so that we can have Latinos become, you know, flag and general officers. Nonprofit organizations like Esposas Militares, 
Military Family Advisory Network, ANSO, or the Association of Naval Services Officers and others are tackling challenges when it comes to Latinos in the military. ANSO has a lot of uh, retired flag officers who offer their time up freely mentor young junior officers. We need allies. We need people that can look down and say, we need to help these young men and women. These groups serving a new type of mission, long overdue. Long overdue. All right. Um, look, mentorship, people in the military mentor each other. And you know what brings them together? That they're Americans, that they're Americans. This dividing with their, where there are no divisions is so heartbreaking. And uh, what a ridiculous, superficial report from Tom Yamas, the newest and, yes, very Hispanic reporter uh, over there at NBC News. I mean, they really, really highlight that somehow. Uh, by the way, the first person they profiled, uh, Mr. Aponte, interesting how his story actually turns out, but he's still worried about discrimination. Hmm. Aponte went on to serve in the Air Force Reserve, where he says he received the right training and mentoring to move up, becoming a brigadier general before retiring in 2007. Brigadier general. He became a general in the United States military, but he's there. He's the poster person of not getting promoted because you're Hispanic. That story does not mad up like so many fake news stories like this one. You know the new uh, wave here. Racism is everywhere in the military, in schools, and also in the roadways and bridges of our country. Every New Yorker knows the highway is congested, noisy and dirty, exhaust spiking asthma rates. The call to cap the cross Bronx is getting louder. This video for a similar proposal in Los Angeles gives you an idea of the possibilities. Decking would cover the sunken roadway to create green space on top, reconnecting communities cut by the highway. Special vents would scrub exhaust from vehicles on the covered road. Senator Schumer now prioritizing the project as New York seeks funds from the just passed bipartisan infrastructure framework. One of the criteria is to, uh, that goes to the top of the list is undoing environmental injustice. Environmental injustice. You know, I was on that highway every day for three years. Uh, it's racist. It's uh, injustice, huh? Sometimes I think I'm hallucinating. Now, they're blaming it on one guy. This is a, uh, a fake news narrative that they really, really love. The mastermind of the Cross Bronx was once the most powerful unelected official in the Empire State. Robert Moses. The legacy of Robert Moses. We continue to be haunted by the ghost of Robert Moses. Speaker after speaker piled on Robert Moses for environmental racism, though the Cross Bronx mostly displaced Jewish, Italian, and Irish residents. I think what matters is not where the Cross Bronx began, but where it ends, what became of it. Congressman Torres says it became a burden for black and brown New Yorkers. Supporters say the burden can be capped along with the highway. How did this highway become a burden? There's, it, there, it makes absolutely no sense. None. And you heard who was actually displaced. It had nothing to do with black and brown people. Um, by the way, I-95 is the highway they're talking about. I-95. You know it. I know it. Here it is going through the wealthiest community, one of them in the entire country, Greenwich, Connecticut, home to the late President George Herbert Walker Bush. But the roads are racist. Just ask Pete Buttigieg. I mean, this is a real thing. This is now, this is federal policy. I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if 
a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or there would have been, uh, in New York was, was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Now, it obviously doesn't. This is nonsense. This is fiction. This is a cheap, um, uh, I guess they've lifted an intellectual argument from Robert Caro. It doesn't hold up to scrutiny. It does not. Why is he pushing this? He's supposed to be really smart. I'll tell you why he's pushing it. My opinion here, he's trying to appeal to black people, Pete Buttigieg is, because black people basically don't like him. I'm sorry, that's how, that's how politicians talk behind closed doors. Who appeals to whites? Who appeals to the black community? And Pete has problems there. Watch what happened to him when he got to South Carolina, his presidential campaign. Did you just ask me if black lives matter? Of course, black lives matter. The same thing that matters to me about my own. How can you heal my pain? I wake up to this every morning. What can you say to me that would come me that I'm feeling for Okay, for a lot of reasons, they don't dig Mayor Pete. So Mayor Pete is going to be spending our money on foolish uh, projects to correct racial injustice in bridges and highways and put parks over roadways that don't need them. Uh, we're paying for this. We're paying for his political future. It's absurd. It's absurd. Stay with us. Chris Christie, does he have a political future? I don't think so after the infamous beach picture, but he's really trying to steal Trump's thunder. We'll be right back. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. I you solemnly swear. swear. Support and defend. Support the Constitution of the United States. Constitution against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. And to bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. That I will obey. The orders of. The President of the United States. And the orders of. Those officers, officers appointed over me, over me according to regulations, regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Code of military justice. So, help me God. so help me God. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone, so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app, or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Now, the fake news said there was no way this guy was going to lose 
the election. His name is uh, Sweeney, Steve Sweeney. He was the president of the New Jersey State Senate. Very powerful guy. There he is, right behind the governor for many, many years. He was the man in Trenton, the capital. Well, he lost to a regular guy. Take a look at the results. We finally have him in. Officially, he lost to the Republican, Ed Durr. Now, Ed Durr, this is what I love about this story. He's he's a truck driver who cares passionately about his community. He spent about 200 bucks on his campaign, and he won. Take a look at his commercial. Hello, my name is Edward Durr. I'm running for New Jersey State Senate. I've lived here all my life, raising my three kids. In 2020, my opponent sat by and watched as Governor Murphy forced nursing homes to take in COVID-19 patients, resulting in the death of over 8,000 of our seniors. The Senate president has spent 20 years in Trenton. Higher taxes, increasing debt, and a rising cost of living. We deserve better. New Jersey, it's time for a change. I love it. I love it. Well, now that he's beaten the Democrat, nobody saw this coming. What are they doing? They're scrutinizing everything he's ever done. And guess what? Yeah, they're saying he's a racist. He's a racist. He must be a racist. Even the Washington Post. And it's a media story. How the media missed a New Jersey Senate candidate's racist social media posts until he'd already won. Oh, too late. Racist. That's a pretty uh, strong word, by the way, right? Well, not exactly because they throw it around so much. And he's not a racist. He's not a racist at all. Uh, take a look at his racist posts, okay? Uh, number one, he has called the coronavirus the China virus. Oh, how dare he, huh? And blamed an influx of illegal aliens for spreading disease. Well, uh, he must have been watching the news and seeing those scenes from Texas, okay? Those are not racist things to say. Those are not racist things. They're not. Also, he said this about Kamala. I've said all this on television, by the way. He also denigrated Vice President Harris on Facebook, writing that she had earned her position only as a result of her race and gender. They're going to say this is racist. It is also known as the truth. This is the truth. We wish uh, Ed Durr, the uh, new state senator there, former truck driver, I think he might actually be doing both at the same time, all the best, and we hope to have him on the show pretty soon. All right, also this. Chris Christie, speaking of New Jersey, the former governor there, well, it looks like he may run for president no matter what Donald Trump does. Chris, you're on a suicide mission and or you're doing this on purpose to increase your brand and potential earning uh, ability over there at ABC News and sticking it to Trump because the fake news hates Trump and you love the fake news and the fake news loves you. Here's a sample of what Chris is going to be saying for at least the next couple of months. You said that the elections for Republicans need to be about the future, not the grievances of the past. Donald Trump put out a statement saying you've gotten absolutely massacred. Yeah, well, look, I've made the conscious decision, Mike, that I want to spend my time combating the policies of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and trying to help Republicans win governorships and the House and the Senate in 2022. This is not an argument that I'll walk away from. I'm not going to get into a, a back and forth with Donald Trump, but what I will say is this. When I ran for re-election in 2013, I got 60 percent of the vote. When he ran for re-election, he lost to Joe Biden. Um, I'm happy to have that comparison stand up because that's the one that really matters.
Oh, right, 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 right. Chris Christie is a, a superior politician to uh, Donald Trump, huh? By the way, everything he just said was focus grouped. Everything he just said was focus grouped. And we know Donald Trump. We don't, well, most people don't know you, Chris Christie, but I know you. Uh, first of all, Donald Trump outworks you, Chris Christie. What do you like to do? You like your time at the beach. He'll never be able to become president because of this picture. I mean, the beach was closed down to the public. They kicked the public out so he and his family could be on the beach. This is one of many reasons why he'll never be president. Let's see. Oh, uh, Bridgegate? <laughs> they had the cones moved. Chris says he doesn't know anything about it, but they shut down uh, a vital ramp to the George Washington Bridge to penalize a mayor who wouldn't endorse Chris Christie. It screwed everything up. People went to jail over this. He can't get away from this. Uh, also, I think this photo is just amusing. This is going to give him problems as well. What do you think? Am I being too hard? I'm sorry. Look, I love everybody, but I don't like certain people and I don't like Chris Christie. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, he's still out there. I know people hate it when I do this. Uh, when I defend him. But look, I don't like him because he took $5 million in the middle of COVID for a phony book about his management of COVID. I also don't like how he handled COVID and the nursing homes. I was actually calling for his resignation back then. But this whole idea that he is a predator, it's ridiculous. But that's what actually drove him from office. He is now an ex-governor. He's on his boat. He's petting his dog. He's doing stuff like that. Uh, but we're learning more about the investigation and what a sham it was, the idea that he's some sort of sexual menace against women. It's not true. It is phony. I believe it was a conspiracy to take him out. Uh, take a look at uh, how they portrayed the accusers. This is uh, Lindsay Boyland. And uh, she has run now for office, I think, twice in two years and lost. And she talks about how she's a survivor and all this stuff. Everybody knows at this point that she was the mean girl at the office. I'm sorry, but it's documented. She also begged to get her job back. The New York Times, however, and most of the fake news portray her as, as a hero. But the fact is, um, she's not. She was widely disliked. She may have harassed a male employee and oh, by the way, you tell me, I have a feeling she did have a crush on the governor. Take a look at this picture. That's very hard to find. But there she is looking at her boss, Governor Cuomo. Do you think there might be something going on there, you know, in her head? I don't know. But what do you think? All right. Also, uh, this is Brittany Camisso. She was an executive assistant, I believe. She accused the governor of groping her. Now, here she is making the accusation to CBS News. Um, Right after she was allegedly groped, she posed for a selfie with the governor. This is that moment. This is that moment. This is right after she was groped. Now, what do you think is going on here? I don't think this is sexual harassment. I think this is some sort of weird conspiracy engineered by who knows to get Cuomo out. But uh, here's another one. Um, you're about to see uh, Governor Cuomo allegedly sexually harass a doctor in front of the entire world. He's about to get a COVID test, but listens, listen to what he says to her. This is apparently sexual harassment. There should be no reluctance. This is Dr. Elizabeth Dufort, who is in the appropriate PPE wear. Nice to see you, doctor. You make that gown look good. Head up a little bit. Head up. There it was, sexual harassment right there. You make that gown look good. 
It made its way into the attorney general's report. This is a survivor of sexual harassment. State entity employee number two is how they identified her, found the governor's comments offensive and that they would not have been made to an accomplished physician who was a man. This is the world we're living in. Um, it's insane. Now, there are a lot of reasons to go after Governor Cuomo. I went through them, but uh, if they can get him for this, they can get just about anybody else. I'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. All right, there is Joe Biden. Uh, he performed well during this part of the ceremony for Veterans Day, uh, honoring those uh, who served and who made the ultimate sacrifice as well, laying a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Unknown soldier. Uh, things turned, uh, turned for the worse when he started to ad-lib. Uh, Satchel Paige, a baseball player from uh, a million years ago, legendary guy, but no one, I'm sorry, talks about him much anymore. Um, Joe Biden told a big story about him to the Pope, of all people. The Pope had no idea what he was talking about. It was just ridiculous. And there he is yelling at the Pope. Uh, <laughs> nobody's wearing a mask and Pope has no idea who Satchel Paige is. Neither does the interpreter. Well, anyway, uh, Joe told us about Satchel Paige again today. And used a word, you know, Satchel Page came up a couple of weeks ago. I did not use the old-fashioned N-word because it's the old-fashioned N-word, and we don't say it anymore, but Joe does. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time. Let's catch that. Joe, we don't say that anymore, but okay, you're the president. I guess rank has its privileges, whatever. I don't know why you'd want to say that, but... Uh, Continue with your story, please. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time. Pitcher in the Negro Leagues went on to become a great pitcher in the pros into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Page. And Satchel Page, on his 47th birthday, pitched a win against Chicago. <laughs> and all the press went in and said, Satch, it's amazing. 47 years old, no one's ever, ever pitched a win at age 47. How do you feel about being 47? He said, boys, that's not how I look at it. I said, how do you look at it, Satch? I said, I look at it this way. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Wow, so profound. Pitch to win, also known as a winning game. Well, as Joe was uh, committing numerous faux pas at Arlington National Cemetery, Hunter has been in New York uh, trying to sell his art. Yes, Hunter Biden, the artist, this scam. Uh, they're really doing it. Hunter is painting this garbage and he's selling it at high-end galleries in Los Angeles and New York. Uh, a big chunk of the Biden family was in New York last night. Going into the gallery, here they are. You got the artist types, you got his wife, you got the baby. And uh, in trail, a few steps behind, is Valerie Biden. And that is Hunter's aunt, Joe's sister. 
Now, she's an interesting character because over the years, she has run just about every senatorial campaign and two of the presidential campaigns that Joe uh, waged. So she got paid a lot of money, big time. And there she is at the art gallery sale. I have a feeling uh, they really are serious about making money off of this. A total scam, a total scam. Next, all those warnings about white supremacy Law enforcement, everybody, the media, we've been looking for the white supremacists. You got to go back decades to find them. It's a big sham. I'll be right back. Growing up as a military brat, I had the opportunity to get an up-close picture of what sacrifice really looks like, and I saw that freedom, it isn't free. To all who have worn the uniform and to the family members who support them, Thank you for your service to our country. You are our true heroes. You know, when it comes to Veterans Day, I think of my father who served, and I also think of family members who've served. I think about going over to Iraq as a journalist and seeing all the people there who put their lives and their souls at risk every single day. would be easy but I know it's worth it worth the joy the tears and everything in between because throughout my day I see his love in every hug in every laugh in every prayer and now I see his love in my entertainment too With PureFlix, I can find movies and shows that honor God, something for my whole family. No day is the same in my world, because that's life. But our faith is strong, and with PureFlix, I find entertainment to uplift my spirit and bring joy to everyone. PureFlix, have faith in your entertainment. Start your one-week, no-risk, free trial at startpureflix.com. Lucy is a five-year-old English bulldog. Lucy came in with severe skin infections and her feet were so swollen, they were about three times their normal size. Since we are a nonprofit, we do work solely off of donations. And thanks to Cuddly, Lucy's healing process has sped up exponentially. They've really provided a lot of the topical medications that we needed to get her to where she's at today. Save a furry friend in need with Cuddly. My name is Tom Jones. I'm a professional athlete. I've been a professional athlete my entire life. I hold world titles in explosive sports, and I hold world records in ultra-endurance sports. The human body is an amazing machine. I'm always doing something different. We're all made up of billions of cells. I've always been a proponent of hydrating myself at the cellular level, feeding myself at the cellular level, and nutrition at the cellular level. As a professional athlete, fruits and vegetables are critical. Whether you're an athlete at my level or you're just going through your day-to-day -day life, we all need nutrition. 
When I started researching the balance of nature and how they formulate the product and, and why, I really resonated with that. And when I started Balance of Nature about a month into it, I was popping a wheelie. I'm not letting age define who I am. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code NEWSMAX. With this balsam hill tree, create your own twinkly light show and enjoy a stunningly realistic tree designed to make setup simple. Enjoy free shipping with balsamhill.com. No reasonable law-abiding person likes white supremacy. I think it's ridiculous. Um, And actually, the government tells us all the time it's ridiculous, but it's also virtually non-existent. But why do they keep talking about it like this? Most lethal terrorist uh, threat to our homeland uh, in recent years uh, is domestic terrorism. Domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy. What we know from the intelligence community, one of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. White supremacy is, is the biggest bucket of concern when it comes to uh, domestic terrorism. So where are all the white supremacists and where are the crimes they're committing? Have you seen any? I'd like to refer you to BillOReilly.com. It's not happening. It's not happening. Bill O'Reilly, illustrious journalist from his website. There were five cases in 2020. Five. 14 people charged. uh, Range of offenses. 2019, five cases. 75 people charged. This is um, this is not a thing. This is not a thing, but they keep talking about it. I'd like to bring in some experts, though. Jonathan Gilliam, former FBI agent, former Navy SEAL, author of Sheep No More, The Art of Awareness and Attack Survival. And also Nick Ficarella, retired chief of police in Will County, Illinois, 40-year law enforcement veteran. Gentlemen, welcome. Look, you're the pros. I'm the amateur. I've been watching and looking for we watch the news every night and I hear about white supremacy but I'm not seeing any crimes committed by white supremacists. I actually don't even see the white supremacists. What am I missing? First to you, Nick. Greg, I think that uh, the majority of white supremacists are in prison. There's uh, very few people that I've ever run across that actually claim to be a white supremacist. Uh, In my entire career, uh, one incident in 2003 where there was a white supremacist rally, And uh, the feds and local police outnumbered uh, the white supremacists. The feds and local police were surveilling them. And we outnumbered the uh, white supremacist rally of about 15 people. Your entire career, once in 2003, at the federal level, Jonathan Gilliam, former FBI agent, can you tell us about your experience with white supremacy? Uh, I didn't have any experience with white supremacy uh, while I was in the FBI at all. The only place I heard of the cases happening were... Uh, in prison. Um, but it's since I've gotten out, Greg, I've had a tremendous amount of experience with them. They're all in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and they're the same people, the same people that was just giving all those speeches about domestic terrorism and, and where white supremacy is. They're the ones who are the real white supremacists. If I could ask you, you both mentioned prison. A prison, obviously, is a dangerous, uh, terrifying place that we never want to see. But um, there are factions that develop in prison, and a lot of those factions are driven by race. Uh, you have the whites, you have uh, African-American, you have all. It's a hardcore place. And if they're 
if they're kind of cutting themselves off by race, all races are doing that. Is that am I right, Chief? Yes, I, I believe that uh, in prison, especially, it's very tribal. Uh, and due to the fact that it's very tribal, it's more of a uh, uh, the stronger survive. And frequently you have ethnic groups that form alliances just to survive. Well, it's pretty wild that all of this daily, daily media hype about white supremacy and from Joe Biden himself. You saw at his inauguration, his inauguration, he hyped white supremacy. Listen to this. And now a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. I mean, it's just so wild. Everyone's talking, not talking about the elephant in the room. I mean, we just saw what happened last year, months and months and months of uh, Black Lives Matter, riots, protests, Antifa. And that was not a white supremacy movement. I want to make it clear, we don't like white supremacy, but from you gentlemen and from everything else we can put together, it's just not a thing. Why are they doing it, though, Jonathan? Why? Why hype this as, as they are? It's the same thing they do uh, when it comes to firearms. You know, the majority, almost all of the crimes committed in the United States, violent crimes that are committed with a firearm, are committed by people who acquired those weapons illegally, and uh, they are using them in a felonious activity. But they will use those statistics and skew them because of their own leftist agenda, which is to get rid of firearms to weaken the people. And that's exactly what you see here. This is the one thing that they can pick on because, you know, they say conservatives are they, they blanket all conservatives as white. So that's what they use to skew the statistics and make. And it appear as though anybody who's conservative and white is a white supremacist. Well, and if you're white, uh, you got to apologize for being white. We're actually having people do that on television. People like the former CIA director, John Brennan. Listen to this. It renders, you know, at best hypocritical, at worst cynical and false, any notion that the Republicans care about the lives and the safety of law enforcement. Well, I must say, to Claire's point, I'm increasingly embarrassed to be a white male these days. And what a, <laughs> light of what I see of my other white males saying. You know, who I hear that from are white males who have already made their money and already made their name. And they don't realize that white working class people, it's the last thing we want to hear because we can't control what we are. You know what I mean? Uh, final word to you, Chief. I believe that the, that the supreme threat to the United States is white anarchy, not white supremacy. White anarchy through Antifa. White anarchy through Antifa. All right. Hey, actually, let's leave it at that. Uh, Jonathan Gilliam, your uh, what is the number one threat to America right now? Well, I believe it's domestic terrorism. It's a leftist. It's the same thing. Whether they're white or black, it's the left. They are trying to destroy this nation. Hmm. I wonder what I I'm going to have to get back to you with my answer. But uh, I appreciate it very much. Nick Ficarella and uh, Jonathan Gilliam to be continued, gentlemen. Uh, all the best. We'll be right back. Hunter Biden, the artist, right? Everybody knows this is phony. Everybody knows it's a scam, but they're going through with it. Hunter Biden is selling these ridiculous paintings at some of the most prestigious art galleries in America. Last night here in New York City, Hunter Biden arrived at uh, his own art show with his family, and uh, he's actually going through with it. It's amazing. 
The New York Post is really on to him. Take a look at this headline. Welcome to New York, uh, Vincent Van Doe. Hunter Biden's corrupt art show opens in New York City. As I say, everybody is on to this scam, including my next guest. He is Seamus Bruner. He's the Associate Director of Research at the Government Accountability Institute. He is also the co-author of Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties, uh, along with John Solomon. Seamus Bruner, welcome. Hi. The audacity. I am so surprised they're actually going through with it. Am I, am I naive? I ju it just seems so obviously corrupt uh, that I thought that they would have to retreat, but they're not. No, of course not. This is, this is the Biden family, the most corrupt political family in modern history. And I think it's important to remember, this is not really about Hunter Biden. This is not a Hunter Biden scandal, though it is to a degree. This is a Joe Biden scandal, and this is a Biden White House scandal. Not just because Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, is displaying Hunter's artworks in the most hallowed political building in our country, the White House. They're hanging Hunter's art in the White House. But also the White House is coordinating and running interference on Hunter's behalf. It's long past time for a special counsel on this. By the way, I did not know that. There, his, his work is in the White House. On display? That is reported by the New York Times. Yes, sir. Oh, I should. Uh, well, I don't like the fake news, but I'll take their word for it on this one. Um, by the way, last night, Valerie Biden, Joe's sister, was there. And uh, tell us the significance of that. It's Hunter's aunt. And you could say, let me see her. Let me see Valerie. That's not Valerie. She's in the. There she is. Um, you could say, OK, well, that's his uh, aunt and she's supporting uh, Hunter, her nephew. But she's been a key player when it comes to Biden family money. Can you explain that? Yeah, that, that's right. I'm, I'm glad Valerie was there to remind us all that this is an, a Biden family enterprise. Valerie Biden Owens now uh, has been one of the Biden five, as we like to call them, at the Government Accountability Institute. You've got all of Joe's siblings, Hunter, his son, and Ashley. For her part, Valerie Owens has raked in millions of dollars consulting, doing consulting work for the campaign uh, for going back over a decade. Uh, going back, actually, the Senate campaign uh, back in the 70s, she was there. And in 2008, Joe Biden right. had absolutely no chance at winning that race when he ran for president. They got something like two and a half million dollars, she and her husband. It is right there. It's unbelievable. Now, the White House, remember that time they were insisting this is all going to be somehow private and, and Hunter would have no idea who was buying the artwork. Here's Jen Psaki actually saying that and uh, introducing us to a new art term. Take a look. I'd refer you to the gallerist for questions about uh, the event. We've spoken to the specifics what the gallerist has agreed to and what uh, what recommendations were made. I've done that several times. I've pointed to the gallerist on uh, specifics of the restrictions that were put in place. We were very transparent about what recommendations were made to the gallerist. Uh, and I would again point to them or the many times I've spoken about that from here. All right. The gallerist. Well, initially we heard that the gallerist was going to somehow keep it all to uh, the gallerist. Uh, Hunter wouldn't know. Joe wouldn't know. No one would know. But if Hunter is there and Valerie Biden is there, obviously they know who's buying and um, they, they can obviously keep in touch. And if that person wants to see the president someday, I have a feeling that could happen pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, this is so Orwellian. Transparency, you know, is opacity really here. War is peace. 
this is par for the course for the Bidens and the Biden White House. At first, they deny, 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 uh, and then they lie and lie and lie. They did this with the Burisma scandal. They did this with the Bohai Harvest scandal. They said, there's nothing to see here. We've been nothing but ethical and transparent. It's the opposite of ethics. It's the opposite of transparency. It's basically relying on this George Burgess character uh, who has a shady history himself. You know, he's been accused of a number of things, including fraud. But they're relying on him to what vet these uh, individuals who will be just showering Hunter Biden in, you know, 500,000 per painting. It's, it's absurd. Hey, by the way, the New York Times you mentioned earlier, uh, in between the lines, they gave Hunter a slam of a review. They're not impressed with his art, although it may seem at first glance that they are. Take a look at this headline. Hunter Biden, emotionally honest, generically smooth. Now, that is a slam in the art world. And let's go inside the story, uh, if we could, please. Uh, the artist blows the ink through a metal straw, resulting in exploded blossoms that look like lily pads, dandelions scattered by the wind. They're pretty. <laughs> they have the generic smoothness of the art you might see in a posh hotel room. Calling art pretty and saying you would find it in a hotel room. For the New York Times, that is about as bad a review as I think exists. Now, it's, it's, it's among the chattering class, you know, the sophisticates, but they get it. This is junk. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't it's not just, you know, conservatives and opponents of the of the Biden White House who are criticizing this. Of course, you've got the Obama ethics are, but you also have reliable Democrats like Glenn Kessler yeah. at the Washington Post calling this absolutely corrupt arrangement uh, for what it is. But they're and not so beating it, the drum. Seamus, they're not beating the drum. Correct. They just write it and no. they say, oh, you see, I wrote it, but they're not pounding right. away. And if they did, they could actually make this. Um, and they could. Seamus Bruner, we appreciate it so much. We'll put a link to your uh, book on our website, uh, Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and, uh, and the rest there. That's quite a title. Have a great Veterans Night, and uh, stand by for Stitchfield. <laughs>